The Divorce Podcast. Welcome to The Divorce Podcast, a podcast that aims to address divorce here in the UK, countering the often sensationalist way it's portrayed in the media, challenging the status quo and hopefully driving reform. On each episode, I'm joined by experts to discuss divorce from different angles and to give their opinions and to debate them. I'm Kate Daly, a relationship counsellor and divorce coach, co-founder of Amicable, the divorce services company and host of the Divorce Podcast. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Claire Black. Claire is a breakup and divorce coach, master NLP practitioner, former lawyer, divorced mum of two boys, second wife and stepmum. Wow, Claire, that's a pretty impressive list of roles. Welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, Kate. So, Claire, I'd like to start, if I may, by asking you to explain what is a divorce coach and what does a divorce coach do? So, a divorce coach is um, something that's become very popular in the, the United States and Australia, I think, um, over recent years um, and is beginning to grow um, in the UK. So, my role as a coach is to help my clients through the emotional roller coaster of divorce and separation so that they can move through that with confidence, with dignity and with strength so that they can create a new and positive future and feel proud of how they behaved and all that they've achieved since their divorce. Divorce is um, accepted as the, the second most traumatic experience you can go through in life um, and it's seen by many as just a legal journey. And I believe there's an emotional journey to go alongside that. And if you can navigate that with clarity and confidence, you can emerge at the end stronger, more empowered and really proud of your behaviour. Right. Okay. And, and that seems like that's important to the recovery and the healing of people post-divorce. Yes, absolutely. I know from my own experience that the way that I'm able to look back at how I handled my divorce is something that uh, is really empowering to me. And I'd like other people to be able to feel that. Right. And what type of people seek out the services of a divorce coach, Claire? Any number of, of people, really. So anybody who is perhaps feeling stuck or who is really struggling with their divorce, but knows that they want to do it differently, knows that they perhaps don't want to go down the road of becoming very angry or very bitter, that they want to handle their divorce in the best way possible and take charge of their lives. And is it men and women? Yes, I um, work with both men and women. And do you see them coming to you in equal numbers or is it more of is it more driven by one gender or is gender completely irrelevant in, in this? Over my clients, I would say that it's probably about 65% women, 35% men. So, yes, more women than men, but uh, both sexes and both genders can can benefit massively from coaching through divorce. Right. And so you're a trained coach then, Claire. So your background is in coaching. How did you get into becoming a divorce coach? Oh, so my my journey really began with my own divorce. Um, So I got divorced 12 years ago, very, very suddenly. So um, my ex-husband came home one evening and told me that he'd been seeing someone else and that for him, our marriage was over. So at that moment in time, I felt like my whole life fell apart in the space of about 10 seconds. So I compare it now to a bit like um, getting hold of a blanket and throwing everything up in the air. All of your life gets thrown up in the air and some bits of it land back on the blanket, some bits of it fall to the side, other bits of it end way off. And that's really what it felt like when that happened. It was probably the most traumatic thing that I've ever been through. Mm. It was my journey from that moment really that's brought me to where I am now. 
And it sounds like that's a, an event that will resonate with lots of people. That sudden shock of not knowing and then being told that the marriage is over, it must have been deeply traumatising. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that message that I give out around my own story really resonates with a lot of people. So I work with a lot of clients who have had a very sudden shock, a very sudden separation, and probably or often a betrayal mixed up in that as well. Right. So there you are left devastated after this awful news. What happened next? So the first decision that I took was that I was going to allow myself to what I called wallow in it for three months. So I kind of gave myself some time to really feel what was happening and to work through the emotions that I had. What was interesting about that, and I hadn't done my NLP training at this point, but what was really interesting was that after the three months went by, I realized that I did actually feel better and I had trained my brain to expect to feel better after three months. So after three months, I decided that I would pick myself up. I would start to look at what I could do to make life easier and life better for myself. And I started to notice some of the upsides in my situation. So was it absolutely sort of fundamental to your process and maybe to other people's processes to have that bit of time to adjust and, as you called it, to wallow and come to terms with what had happened? It sounds like that was really important. Yeah, it was really important to me because this was such a huge shock and it all happened very, very quickly that I needed some time just for my brain to go through that phase of shock. So I don't know if you know about the the grief curve, but the first stage of that is is shock or denial. And I very clearly went through that. You know, this wasn't happening. Every morning I'd wake up and think, oh, I'll see his car on the drive today. It'll all be all right. And it takes time for your brain to come to terms with what's happened to you. And I think that denial phase, that shock phase is very important because it allows your brain to protect itself from the pain that's inevitable, really. I think it's a really interesting point because obviously as professionals working with people who are wanting to divorce and separate, I think a a lot of people I speak to say that it's really clear when one person's made a decision that there's a real sort of gap in where the other person is coming from at the start of a process and you need to give the person who's been told the news rather who's made the decision that time to catch up and although it can be frustrating for the person who's made the decision who very quickly wants to move on giving your partner that time and that space to adjust actually pays dividends in terms of how well you can then go on to sort things out amicably. Absolutely. And I think it's it's really important. I've, I've got a couple of clients actually at the moment in that situation where they've made the decision. And some of my advice is around what they can do to be compassionate towards the partner that they've given that news to. Because like you say, they're on very different points on a journey. So if you compare it to a path, they're at very different points on that pathway towards the end point. And if you can have compassion for your partner to to kind of catch up a little bit on that journey, then it's going to make the legal process that much easier and cheaper. So it sounds like you've used your personal experiences to really guide and shape the work that you do. Do you think it's an essential part of being a divorce coach to having been divorced? Do you think you have to be divorced in order to be a successful divorce coach? No, I don't think so. There are divorce coaches out there who aren't married and haven't been divorced. My personal drive very much comes from my own experience. And 
partly from the fact that when I was going through my own divorce, there was nothing out there like what I do now. There was no divorce coaches at that time. And I, I found traditional counselling kind of kept me stuck in the story. And I didn't want to stay stuck in my story. So what I provide now is very much based in my own experience. Yeah. And where do you draw the line then between using your own experiences and seeing things through your own lens versus being able to walk in other people's shoes? I'm thinking particularly, you know, in your in your very personal backstory, you were the person who was left. How then, if that's your lens, do you help people who are perhaps the leavers? You mentioned you had a, a client earlier who was a lever. How what? techniques do you use to see things differently or see things through the client's eyes? So my job um, really is to help my clients access their own resources and deal with things in their own way. So part of my training is to be able to put my own story to one side, disassociate from that and really immerse myself in helping my clients explore their map of the world, what the world looks like to them and what they want to achieve. So it really is I only bring my own story into a session if a client really asks me a direct question about it. Otherwise, my job really is to help them explore their own thoughts, their own feelings and their own choices and options and way forward. It sounds very kind of pragmatically focused. Like you say, there's a real distinction here between going to see a counsellor and dealing with some of the emotional grief and seeing a divorce coach where it sounds like you're much more on a forward journey. Yes, absolutely. So I would say there, there are kind of five pillars to what what I do. The first one is to focus on you and take charge of your life. The second one is to get clarity around the things that perhaps scare you. The third one is to look for options and choices so that you can get unstuck. Then to reclaim your power so that you're actually making decisions to move forward. And the last one is to concentrate on taking positive steps forward. Because I believe that even small positive steps forward can add up to massive leaps forward over a period of time. So yes, it's very forward thinking and very forward focused. And what sort of issues do people bring to you and and what techniques do you use to help them through the issues? So um, many of the clients that come to see me are feeling perhaps very overwhelmed, very confused, uncertain. Even when those clients have chosen to end the marriage themselves, there's still an element of uncertainty about the future. And all of that is normal. So I help those clients to look at what they're afraid of, look at where the uncertainties are and to try and bring some control back into their lives. And one of the big things that I talk about with almost every client is around control, what you can control, what you can't control. And of course, you can only control your own feelings, your own actions, your own behaviours, and you can make your own choices about what steps you want to take forward. And one of the big antidotes, I think, to overwhelm is to get clarity and to become clear and to set up a really good support network around yourself so that you know who you can ask questions to, what information you need and and who you can go to to get that. I also work quite a lot with clients who are quite focused on their ex. So I should imagine that's fairly common, is it? Yes. Where people are quite obsessed still by the other person because the other person's presumably being such a big part of their life. It, It would leave a hole not to be almost, wouldn't it? Absolutely. And I, th- you know, I think over a period of time, especially if you've been married a long time, it can be quite tricky to know what, what you like, what they like, where the boundaries were between what was your decisions, what were their decisions and things like that. So I help those people to shift their focus back onto themselves. And that can be something very small to start with. So it might be, what do you love to do? 
how could you do more of that? Who do you enjoy spending time with? And how can you spend more time with the people that make you feel good about yourself? And how could you perhaps tell your story differently so that it makes you feel better rather than keeping you very emotionally tied into what your ex is doing or what your ex has done or what your ex has said? Also, I think a lot of the clients who come to see me are feeling stuck. So perhaps they're very focused on the past. They're concentrating very much on what went wrong. And it's very challenging to see a different future. So I talk a lot about choices with people. So I always say, if you believe you only have one option, then you're stuck. If you believe you have two options, then you have a dilemma. And that's not much better. But if you can see three choices or more, that gives you a real power to make a choice, a conscious choice as to what you're going to do. So I talk about choices a lot with people. And of course, you always have a choice about how you look at things and how you tell your story. And you have a choice about whether to look for the upside in things. So I often ask people, you know, if there's one good thing about this, what would it be? If there was one small upside, what would that be? And that can just help people to reframe where they are and begin to see opportunities and possibilities arising out of the situation that they're in. It's so so fascinating. Even just listening to you explaining it already makes me feel more optimistic. It's it's uh, it's a really powerful technique, and I guess right now all of us are affected by the current COVID nineteen pandemic, aren't we? So things like control and choice probably become even more important. Absolutely. Are you seeing a difference? in the types of issues people are bringing to you at the moment? Or is it the same thing, but with a a different sort of focus and a different cause, the pandemic versus their ex? Yeah, or the the pandemic and their ex, of course. You know, this situation is bringing extra stress into a situation that's already very stressful. So um, I've had quite a few conversations with clients around how they can manage being in isolation with their ex. I've got quite a few clients at the moment who are still having to live with their ex-partner. Well, just tell me a little bit about that then. What what are you suggesting? What are the, the tips and hints for if you are um, having to isolate with your ex whilst you're going through a divorce? Yeah, so my top tips in that would be to look at what you can and can't control. That's fundamental. So, of course, you can control what you say. You can control your own breathing, for example. So I work with people quite a lot around taking control of their breathing. You know, when you feel your emotions rising, I will say to people, right, stop, breathe, think, act. And if you can just take that maybe 10 seconds to breathe and think before you respond to something that your ex has said, you can find yourself a little bit of calm and think through what you're about to say and think, is this going to increase the conflict or is it going to help the situation? Another thing that I've talked about a lot with some of my clients is having an area in their house that is just for them and enabling their ex to have the same. So do you have, for example, a room that could be just yours or do you have even just a big armchair that can be just yours that you can retreat to when you need to? And can you agree that if you or your ex goes into that space that is yours, that you respect that that's where they are and you leave them there. I think that's really important to have a little bit of compassion. You know, we're all in this together and nobody's going to be finding it easy. And have you seen an increase in people um, turning to divorce coaches in these past few weeks? Do you think it's something that people will come to more naturally during a time of crisis? 
I hope so. And um, I have seen an increase, I've had an increase certainly in inquiries and messages coming through for little snippets of advice and so on. So yes. And I think I've noticed a shift generally in how people are responding to this crisis. When I look at things on LinkedIn and, and so on at the moment, the first week was very much panicked. And now people really are starting to think, well, what can I do to make this better? And that's brilliant for me to see as a coach, because it's what I do all the time. You know, how can you make this better? How can you handle this better? So, yes, I I hope that this will lead to people seeing that, you know, divorce is not just a legal journey. There's a whole emotional journey and you can make it better for yourself by getting some that help to, to think positively and to concentrate on moving forward. I mean, certainly when, you know, we talk about it or when you explain it further, it feels like such a no brainer. If I think about, you know, the people that we work with, where we're trying to help people negotiate financial settlements or children arrangements, if they're paying attention to the emotional journey and and they have a coach or they have counsellor or whatever, it makes the journey so much better for them. Um, I'm not going to say it makes it easier because I don't think it is easy, but it makes the journey better for them. It makes it more manageable and it leads to the likelihood of more positive outcomes. There's no question about that. So it feels like such a no brainer to have a divorce coach. But as you say, it's something that is gaining traction, but still only a small number of people would go down this path. What stops people? Why doesn't everybody have a divorce coach? I think one of the the big things is that there's obviously an investment that goes with taking on um, a coach to help you on the journey. And I think if, I mean, I, I talk about this a lot, but that, that initial investment in having somebody like a coach with you will save you thousands of pounds down the line. Because when you can go into your divorce with your emotions or with strategies to control your emotions and strategies to enter into conversations and communication with your ex in a constructive way without focusing on the past and on conflict, then there's a big return on on that investment. But I think it's a there's an educational piece around this in the market. Um, I've been working really, really hard to talk with lawyers and people like yourselves and barristers as well, so that they're aware that this is actually out there. Because it's such a new thing in the UK that not everybody is even aware that a divorce coach even exists. So some of it is about um, publicity. And that's why I'm, I post all the time on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and so on to get that message out there that this resource is there and it can really benefit you in the long run. There's a great deal to be done, isn't there, on changing the narrative. We have such a negative tabloid-esque narrative around divorce, don't we? But there are so many more messages that, you know, people like yourself must really want to get out there. It's it's kind of frustrating sometimes, isn't it, to uh, <laughs> to try, and, yeah, try yeah. and get these messages out there to get the well, it's getting the information to people that it will help. I mean, that's the key thing for us is trying to reach as many people to say that there's different ways of doing this. And it doesn't have to be the old fashioned train wreck story of a big court fight and sensationalist headlines and everything else. There are many, many myriad of ways now of doing things with, I think you used the word with some dignity and respect earlier. Yes, absolutely. Dignity and respect. And I really firmly believe that, you know, it's not what happens to you that matters. It's how you handle what happens to you that makes the difference. And when you're going through something like a divorce, that really rings true. You know, it's how you handle what happens to you that that will make the difference to your life moving forward. And there are 
so many better ways to get divorced than the traditional court big fight with tens of thousands of pounds worth of expenses being thrown at it. So if you had to give somebody one piece of advice then Claire, indulge me for a minute, one piece of advice when they were setting out on their divorce journey, what would it be? My one biggest piece of advice would be to keep in the right in the forefront of your mind that it's not what happens to you that matters it's what you do with what happens to you that makes the difference so anybody who's going through a separation or divorce always has choice so you can choose how you do this you can choose to put yourself in the driving seat you can choose to not be a victim of your divorce but to take charge of the situation and you can do that whether your ex is on board with that or not and I often say this to people about being a parent you know whatever your ex does you can choose to be the best role model of a parent that you want to be on your time and you always have that choice and you're fully in control of that whatever your ex does so I really fundamentally believe that you can choose to put yourself in the driving seat you can choose to handle your divorce in the best way possible and it really isn't what happens to you that makes the difference it's what you do with that moving forward Well, that's a great piece of advice to end on. Thank you so much for joining me today, Claire. Claire, how can people find out more about you? So I have a website, which is at www.claireblackcoaching.com. That's Claire with an I. Or you can email me at claire at claireblackcoaching.com. I'm also on LinkedIn if you search for Claire Black Divorce Coach. And I also have a Facebook business page. If you look up Claire Black Divorce Coaching on Facebook, you'll find me there as well. Oh, and Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) They're also on Twitter. You can find out more about Amicable at www.amicable.io or you can follow me on Twitter at Kate underscore daily or you can follow the Divorce Podcast at Divorce underscore podcast. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.